Welcome to Spirit in Action. My name is Mark Helpsmeet. Each week, I'll be bringing you stories of people living lives of fruitful service, of peace, community, compassion, creative action, and progressive efforts. I'll be tracing the spiritual roots that support and nourish them in their service, hoping to inspire and encourage you to sink deep roots and produce sacred fruit in your own life. Let us sing song for the dreaming of the world That we may dream as one With every voice, with every song We will move this world along Today's Spirit in Action program was recorded at a very special event that took place in Eau Claire, Wisconsin on September 11, 2007. About 200 people gathered on the anniversary of the attack on the Twin Towers, but with a leading to find a new way forward, one that draws on a vision that Rabbi Michael Lerner calls the left hand of God, the Creator who is loving, compassionate, and forgiving, instead of the right hand of God, which wields anger and vengeance. When people arrived at the Phoenix Park Pavilion, They were handed a brochure describing the event. It said, Giving and receiving forgiveness opens doors to healing and rebirth in our homes, community, and the world. This evening's observance of forgiveness and rebirth was organized by an informal local interfaith consortium. Six years after the events of September 11, 2001, our nation still finds itself unable to describe the full scope of emotions and loss experienced by our nation and the entire world on that day of tragic proportion. As people of faith, we understand that the cause of these deadly actions and the ensuing global reactions all reflect a fundamental state of brokenness within humanity. We all understand that unless divine light breaks into our lives, brokenness and pain will only beget more brokenness and pain. Through that light, the cycle of pain is broken, and we can experience healing and renewal, both personally and as a society. This observance is held in Phoenix Park. The myth of the phoenix, reborn from the flames, provides a poignant image for the promise of our own transformation. In each of our faith traditions, we hold to the conviction that suffering and death do not write the last word. The last word belongs to life and love. In the wake of 9-11, we look to this last word with hope, trusting that new life will indeed rise from the ashes. The event was intergenerational. The first half hour included a variety of projects in which all were invited to participate. There were stations for receiving henna, peace and forgiveness signs and tattoos, folding origami peace cranes, 
writing on white stones of forgiveness, creating personalized Tibetan prayer flags for forgiveness, and much more. One very special station was a portable wood-fired oven in which participants baked Egyptian, Jewish, and other breads of the world, knowing that when we break bread together, we become family. It was an amazingly blustery day for mid-September. The temperature had dropped starting early in the day, and the wind kept attempting to sail our crafts and foods all over the place. But spirits were high and warm, although our bodies were somewhat chilled. As the time for the central observance approached, the local intuitive drummers walked through the crowd, leading the crowd down to the Phoenix Park Labyrinth, where our speakers would address us from. As Master of Ceremonies, I introduced our main speaker. Welcome, everyone, to a day of forgiveness and rebirth. It's wonderful to see you out here, protected from the wind at this spot. I'm so grateful that the folks who worked to make this labyrinth happen did that. It seems a very special spot for our city and a very appropriate place in Phoenix Park to hold our day of forgiveness and rebirth. This day started planning-wise about three months ago when a few of us in the Quaker meeting were talking about somehow wanting to commemorate this extremely important day, but not wanting to do it in a way that would in any way continue the hurt that has happened. And we realize that one of the essential steps that each of us needs to take in our own lives and in our families and our communities and all around the world is this step of forgiveness. It's asking for and giving forgiveness. It's not one way. It's not just we should forgive or they should forgive. It's that what the world needs is that movement towards forgiveness. We're asking you to participate. You've been doing some participation already up at the activities. How many of you have made Tibetan prayer flags or Eau Claire prayer flags or whatever they are or participated in one of the other activities? There'll be more afterwards as well. What we're going to do right now is we're going to have a presentation by Mike Bame who drove up from Madison to do our main presentation. And immediately following that, we're going to have some quotations, some statements read from different faiths and experiential positions. And at that point, we're going to collect little pieces of paper. Now, when you received your program, you received this piece of paper or perhaps this piece of paper. And it's got some space there for you to write on it. But I want to tell you that now because when the time comes, you should have filled this out. And we're going to go around with the basket and collect your pieces of paper, and there's going to be a burning ceremony at the end. So you can read the directions on there, but please fill that out now. Forgiveness is not something that's unique to any day or place or nation. And when we as a committee, the wonderful group of folks that got together to plan this from throughout our community, we started thinking bigger than just 9-11 and just the United States. A person came to mind 
who's been involved in a really vital work of reconciliation for the last 13 or 14 years. Uh, he can tell you the right number. Mike Bame served in our military in Vietnam, and afterwards he was bitter about the experience. But at a certain point, there was some work inside him that needed to be completed. He went to Vietnam, and he started reconciling himself, and then he started working with the Vietnamese people. I'll let him tell you what he's done on that, but the point is that out of a lot of bitterness and, I think, disappointment, sometimes anger, he found a way forward that was mutually healing for people in Vietnam. He, amongst other things, is one of the co-creators of the My Lai Peace Park. My Lai, the site where American troops killed some 500, mainly children, women, and old men in a village, just in an act of the insanity, which is war. In that place, and from the villages around there, Mike has found a way to heal their lives and also heal the lives of Americans who end up finding connections with this place, which was such a sore spot for many of us. So I brought Mike here to talk about his experience with forgiveness, reconciliation, and I'd like to start actually by altogether observing a moment of silence, recognition for 9-11, but not just for what happened in the United States, but for what happens in all the countries in the world, Iraq and in Vietnam and everywhere. It's always happening, and it needs our deepest prayers. So I'd like to take a moment of silence, and when Mike feels ready, I ask that he come up here and speak to you, Mike Bame from the Milai Peace Park. Well, I want to thank everybody, well, everybody for coming out on such a cold night. I didn't know I was coming up to the North Pole when I left Madison. I am honored to be asked to say a few words because this is an issue that I've been forced to confront. Evil, hatred, forgiveness. I'll give you a brief rundown of our programs, but mostly what I want to talk about is what we have accomplished through these programs. We started our first program, I went back in 92 to help build a, a small medical clinic with 11 other Vietnam vets, not knowing my life was about to be turned on its head. Less than a year later, a number of us in Madison took on as our first project a loan fund program for the poor women of My Lai. I think you've heard of these microcredit programs, small loans of money go to poor women. They start a small business, pay the loan back, and then it goes out again. But this is My Lai. I mean, My Lai is still untouchable. Next year is the 40-year anniversary of the My Lai Massacre, and it still cannot be talked about, only in the context of hatred or recrimination. Long ago, the Madison friends and myself decided we did not want to go down that road, and so we have bypassed all of that. With that first loan fund, 
We have now established loan funds in 16 villages and given more than 3,000 loans to poor women. We've built three primary schools for Mili. We're going to have another one constructed over the winter. We have programs for victims of Agent Orange, ethnic people, and the Mili Peace Park. When we, my partner and I, Van Vando, discussed the creation of this Mili Peace Park, at first he had never heard of anything like this before because we were constructing one north of Hanoi and I was telling him about it. And he asked me, what is a peace park? I said, both of our countries have plenty of monuments to war. There'll be no guns, no artillery pieces, no statues, only trees, flowers, shrubs, and fish ponds. Just a green living monument to peace. Now, I'll get back to the peace park in a bit. We have gone to one of the most horrible killing grounds in My Lai, and I have observed the Vietnamese people and see that they're welcoming of me and any other American, veteran or, or not, back to Vietnam, genuinely welcome them, and knowing full well they, they have intense hatred. How could they not? They wouldn't be human not to have hatred for what had been done to them. But they have been driving out invaders for thousands of years. They have learned long, long ago how to put that hatred in another place so that they can embrace their former enemies. I've been going to Japan for the last couple of years because the people of Japan are really, my message resonates with them, breaking the chain of hatred. And through these presentations there, I've been introduced to Hibakusha, survivors of the atomic bombings, who also, years ago, learned how to put their hatred aside. And are called, now the Hibakusha will be coming to Milai next year for the 40-year anniversary of the Milai massacre, link up with the victims of Agent Orange there and the survivors of the Milai massacre, calling for world peace and the end of weapons of mass destruction. Now, I've been asked to go to Nanking. I don't know if any of you know about the rape of Nanking, where the Japanese soldiers came in during World War II and murdered and raped hundreds of thousands of Chinese. So that this, this concept of a peace park, a peace park constructed by former enemies on this horrible killing site, becoming a place for peace is resonating throughout the world. A man from Ireland came to visit the Peace Mili Peace Park a few years ago. When he was back in Dublin, wrote me a letter and said, Mike, you asked me what I thought of the Mili Peace Park. When I saw those beautiful trees growing out of that barren soil and the villagers taking their lunch under those trees, I thought to myself, there is hope for peace in Ireland. The Vietnamese have become my, my mentors. I come from a very violent background, family, you know, abused by my father. And all of my siblings and I being so dysfunctional, we, we just were violent with each other. Through my being forced to confront reconciliation and forgiveness, I have now been working hard over the years to reconcile with even my own family. It's possible. And I think what we have done what, over these years, what we have to offer to the world is to show them that if anyone, former enemies, anyone can sit down together in peace and humility and a willingness to listen and learn from each other, anything is possible. We've shown that. We've proven it. It's not a theory anymore. We have proven it. We have something hopeful to give to the world, and we need hope in the world the way it is today. If hope can rise from the ashes of Milai, hope can arise anywhere in the world. Thank you.
Mike would be happy to speak to anyone else who would care to know about the work that he continues to do. Don't let him get away. He's a deep and a rich person. He just got back, I think, a week ago from spending a month in Vietnam. He just got back a week ago. So he's still arriving back in the United States. I said earlier that when we conceived of this day, we wanted it to be much more than just September 11th because what we need to do is learn and go forward. As part of that, we've asked people from different faith communities and not part of any particular faith community to come and share some quotations. But before we do that, we're going to listen to some music. Dean Langby is going to share with us some music and then immediately following from that music we're going to have the people who want to share statements, the four people who have been selected to step forward to the microphone and share what they have from their traditions. I couldn't decide between joyous or rich and I'm not sure still which one I'm going to play. So, I think I'll go with the rich. And if anyone's disappointed, I can always play the joyous, too. This is a box suite. It's an alamand. An alamand is a walking sort of dance. And so it's a perambulating dance. And this one is in D minor, which is probably the darkest key you can think of for a cello. It's still rich, though. It's not, it's not that dark, anyway. Here's an alamand. Thank you. 
Thank you. And I'll ask each of the people to come up and share now, identify themselves and their community. Assalamu alaikum, shalom, and peace. My name is Huda Bugazia, and I'm going to read um, a verse from the Quran of chapter 41, verse 34. The good deed and the bad deed are not equal. Repel evil by that deed which is better. And there, upon the one whom between you and him is hostility, will become as though he was a close friend. I would like to say a little prayer. O Lord, help us to hold fast all together to your path even in moments of struggle. Lord, you have promised to help us in our times of trouble and need. We rest upon your every word. Thank you. Father John Schultz, Catholic Christian. 9-11 was a day of horror, anger, sadness, and so much more. 9-11 was also a day of coming together, of heroism, of a new look. I remember an incident, no connection with that at all, of two people in a public situation becoming very angry at each other, very angry. Then the two of them realized what they were doing, looked at each other straight in the eye, forgave each other, and cried together. All of this in about five minutes. A marvelous symbol to me of what can happen. Some say that some things are impossible. Some say that some hatred can never be healed. Some say that some places can never be taken care of. May the God of all good and love call us to the best that lies within us to bring peace, happiness, freedom, and harmony as one people in one world. With God, everything is possible. Amen. My name is Sarah Holm, and I'm a student that attends University Lutheran Church on the Eau Claire campus. Tonight I'm going to read a selection from the diary of Anne Frank. Do any of those people in their warm and cozy living rooms have any idea what kind of life a beggar leads? Do any of those good and kind people ever wonder about the lives of so many of the children and adults around them? Granted, everyone has given a coin to a beggar at some time or another, though they usually just shove it into his hand and slam the door. And in most cases, the generous donors think it's disgusting to touch that hand. Am I right or not? Then, afterwards, people are amazed that beggars are so shameless. Wouldn't you be shameless, too, if you were treated more like a dog than a human being? 
It's terrible, really terrible, that people treat each other in this way in a country like Holland, which claims to have such a good social system and so many decent, upstanding citizens. In the eyes of most of the well-to-do, a beggar is an inferior being, someone who's scruffy and unwashed, pushy and rude. But have they ever asked themselves how beggars got to be that way? You should try comparing one of those beggar children to your own children. What's the difference? You are pretty and neat. The others are ugly and ragged. Is that all? Yes, that is all. That is the only difference. If you dressed one of those urchins in nice clothes and taught them good manners, there wouldn't be a whit of difference. Everyone is born equal. We all come into the world helpless and innocent. We all breathe the same air, and many of us believe in the same God. And yet, yet to many people this is one small difference, is a huge one. It's huge because many people have never realized what the difference is. For if they had, they would have discovered long ago that there is actually no difference at all. Everyone is born equal. We all will die and shed our earthly glory. Riches, power, and fame only last for a few short years. Why do we cling so desperately to these fleeting things? Why can't people who have money more than enough for their own needs give the rest of their fellow human beings? Why should anyone have to have such a hard life for these few short years on earth? But above all, a gift should never be flung in anyone's face. Every person has a right to kindness. Why should you be nicer to a rich lady than to a poor one? Has anyone ever studied the difference in their characters? Human greatness does not lie in wealth or power, but in character and goodness. People are just people, and all people have faults and shortcomings, but all of us are born with a basic goodness. If we were to start by adding to that goodness instead of stifling it, by giving poor people the feeling that they too are human beings, we wouldn't necessarily have to give money or material things, since not everyone has them to give. Everything starts in small ways, so in this case you can begin by giving in small ways too. On streetcars, for example, don't just offer your seat to the rich mothers. Think of the poor ones too, and say, excuse me, when you step on a poor person's toe, just as you would say to a rich one. It takes so little effort, yet it means so much. Why shouldn't you show a little kindness to those poor urchins who are already so deprived? We all know that, quote, example is better than precept. So set a good example, and it won't take long for others to follow. More and more people will become kind and generous until finally no one will ever look down on those without money. Oh, if we only were already that far... If only Holland, then Europe, and then finally the whole world realized how unfair it was being. If only the time would come when people treated each other with genuine goodwill in the realization that we're all equal and that worldly things are transitory. How wonderful it is that no one has to wait but can start right now to gradually change the world. How wonderful it is that everyone, great and small, can immediately help bring about justice by giving of themselves. As with so many things, most people seek justice in very different quarters and grumble because they themselves receive so little of it. Open your eyes 
Be fair in your own dealings first. Give whatever there is to give. You can always, always give something, even if it's a simple act of kindness. If everyone were to give in this way and didn't scrimp on kindly words, there would be much more love and justice in the whole world. Give and you shall receive much more than you ever thought possible. Give and give again. Keep hoping, keep trying, keep giving. People who give will never be poor. If you follow this advice, within just a few generations, people will never have to feel sorry for poor little beggar children again because there won't be any. The world has plenty of room, riches, money, and beauty. God has created enough for each and every one of us. Let us begin by dividing it more fairly. Thank you. Hi, I'm Kevin McNerney. I'm also a Lutheran University student. I have a Bible verse, which was used by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., and then a brief prayer. A quote from the Hebrew Bible book of Amos. Let justice roll down like waters, and righteousness like an ever-flowing stream. Book of Amos, chapter 4, verse 26. We confess the truth of our broken lives. We have hoarded and squandered the gifts of creation. We have failed to welcome the stranger and the outcast, or make room at the table for the homeless and the hungry. We have neither worked to release the oppressed, nor admitted our own captivities. Forgive our sin, heal our lives, and set us free, that we might live with all of creation in justice and joy. Amen. It's time to collect those slips of paper you've been writing on. Who's got the basket? There it is. Uh, there's two baskets. In just a moment, we'll have a ceremony on that. I want to mention that we're asking that uh, love offering for Mike and his work that and pay, paying him to come up here. We're asking that somehow that be done. I don't think it should be put in that basket because that stuff's going to be burned. Okay, there's, a, there's containers there. Yeah, good. So please give generously. Uh, they have a budget of $50,000 for this coming year, and sometimes it seems hopeless to be able to reach out that way, but it sure would be wonderful if Eau Claire sent away $1,000 for that work that Mike's doing, the work reconciliation. But now I think I'll turn you over to someone with a burning desire. Where are the baskets out here? Okay. And if you have an opportunity, please crumple your prayer request. They will burn easier. And Marnie is going to be our fire tender. You're listening to a Northern Spirit radio production called Spirit in Action. In particular, you're listening to the events that took place on September 11, 2007, in Phoenix Park commemorated as a day of forgiveness and rebirth. You may be wondering what was on the slips of paper that were to be collected and burned. The insert into the program said the following. During the readings, each of us is given the opportunity to write on a piece of paper the intention of our heart as it addresses our personal pain, fear, sadness, or anger as it relates to September 11, 2001, or other areas in our lives. We place the pieces of paper in a bowl and then burn them. Smoke and vapors go heavenward. Ash is returned to nurture earth. 
there's room in the circle for more kids and adults. If you still have your prayer slip, you can deposit it yourself. It doesn't have to be in the basket. We send the intentions of our heart on the wings of love for healing and peace for all people on the earth and for healing for Mother Earth. Blessed be. This song has been going through my head since I've been sitting here, and this seems like an opportune time to share it. Some of you will know it. It's very easy. Please join with me. Humble yourself in the sight of your brother. You gotta know what he knows and humble yourself in the sight of your sister. You gotta know what she knows and we must lift each other up. Higher and higher and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and humble yourself in the sight of your brother. You gotta know what he knows and humble yourself in the sight of your sister. You gotta know what she knows and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and humble yourself in the sight of your brother. You gotta know what he knows and humble yourself in the sight of your sister. You gotta know what she knows and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and humble yourself in the sight of your brother. You gotta know what he knows and humble yourself in the sight of your sister. You gotta know what she knows and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and humble yourself in the sight of your brother. You gotta know what he knows and humble yourself in the sight of your sister. You gotta know what she knows and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and humble yourself in the sight of your brother. You gotta know what he knows and humble yourself in the sight of your sister. You gotta know what she knows and we shall lift each other up. Higher and higher and we 
shall lift each other up higher and higher and humble yourself in the sight of your brother you gotta know what he knows and humble yourself in the sight of your sister you gotta know what she knows and we shall lift each other up higher and higher and we shall lift each other up higher and higher and we shall lift each other up higher and higher and we shall lift each other up higher and higher and we yourself in the side of your brother you gotta know what he knows and humble yourself in the side of your sister you gotta know what she knows and we shall lift each other up higher and higher and we shall lift each other Greetings. I am Reverend David Huber, pastor at Plymouth United Church of Christ, and I have been blessed with uh, being asked to do the closing words. But before I go ahead, I want to remind you there are some activities uh, uh, directly following the service. Down here in the labyrinth area, there'll be a laying on of hands. I believe that's back here, yes? There'll be uh, luminaria, luminaria, however that's pronounced, lighting, candles, taize singing and chanting, also in this area. And back up in the pavilion be uh, coffees and cookies and uh, a chance to network with one another and sign up for some things and uh, also sample those breads of the world that were cooking earlier. Now for my closing remarks. To you who would fly planes into buildings, to you who would blow up abortion clinics or restaurants or buses or burn bridges or hurt or destroy or cause suffering, or kill homosexuals, or minorities, or women, or those who are different. To you who casually dismiss the sacredness of life by killing it with violent action or crushing it with violent words, and who would do so in the name of any religion, nation, or tribe, ideology, or ego, or pride, I say to you that murder does not make you a martyr. It makes you an enemy of humanity and an enemy of all that is good. And your violence, whether bombs or words, is not a sign of your power, but an admission of rhetorical weakness. And I meet you in your weakness, and I say, no. No. I refuse to cooperate with you by hating you or despising you, or finding you unforgivable. Instead, I say, I refuse to let there be a balance, an imbalance of power between us. I love you, and I forgive you. I refuse to cooperate in giving evil more of a foothold on this precious planet, and will not meet your violence with violence, your fear with fear, your pain with more pain. 
Instead, I say, I refuse to fear you. I love you. I forgive you. I refuse to cooperate with division, tribalism, and imaginary borders. Instead, I say, I refuse to make a distinction between you and me. I love you. I forgive you. Let me listen to your voice, the voice of your deepest suffering, your pain, your hurt, and your shame. And let us give up our addiction to the illusory power of the sword in favor of the eternal and unstoppable power of the word spoken in love. For we are brothers and sisters. We are made of the same star stuff. We are born of the same planet to the same family. And as my family, I love you. I forgive you. Feel free to go to other activities. One of the other activity that you hadn't thought of maybe was walking the labyrinth. So laying of hands, there's the Teze chanting right here. It's a wonderful experience if you haven't done it before. And donations for Mike and his work with Milai. Thank you very much for coming tonight. Enjoy the cookies donated for us, the breads baked, all of the good things that you've all shared with this evening. People spread out from the central observance, which you just heard, and they went around to various activities. And I took my microphone in and listened to a little bit of the Teze singing. He will heal the broken heart.
parted, he will bind their wounds. Smile, Lord, he will heal the broken hearted, he will bind their wounds. He will heal the broken hearted, he will bind their wounds. My Lord, he will heal the broken hearted, he will bind their wounds. He will heal the broken hearted, he will bind their wounds. See a humble cook and yen quenkos. 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 See a See a humble cook and yen quenkos. See a humble cook and yen quenkos. See a humble cook and yen quenkos. See a humble humble. See a humble See a humble cook and yen quenkos. See a humble cook and yen quenkos. See a humble cook and yen quenkos. See a humble Oh
been listening to some Teze style singing, which was part of the Day of Forgiveness and Rebirth, held on September 11, 2007 at Phoenix Park. To finish off this Spirit in Action program, I'm going to play for you one more song. It's by Bob Frankie. It's called Healing in This Night. songs that never ask you anything There are strings that beat against the wood There are songs that ease the singer's heart to sing And that's good But there are words Change the way you look at things There are sounds That silence idle talk And there are songs That circle in your mind And seek your heart and find it And seize it like a hawk There's a pain here That slowly slips away There's a love here That's leading us from darkness into day There are stars here That fade against the light They fall but it's alright There is a healing in this night There are trials That trick you into loneliness There are tears Burn until they fall There are needs That tear you when you turn away When they call But there are hearts To hold you when you've done your best For the love you 
leave within their life And there are friends To hear if you should cry To pray if you should die And there are songs that sing us all There's a pain here That slowly slips away There's a love here That's leading us from darkness into day There are stars here that fade against the light They fall but it's alright There is a healing in this night For my sanity In my mind I seem the only one There have been days When no one seemed to understand What I'd done But there are ears To hear me in my softest voice our hands to hold and point the way And there are men and women on this path To laugh if I should laugh To find me if I stray There's a pain here that slowly slips away There's a love here That's leading us from darkness into day There are scars here that fade against the light They fall but it's alright There is a healing in this night There is a healing in this night That was Bob Frankie, A Healing in This Night, to finish off this Spirit in Action program, a recording of A Day of Forgiveness and Rebirth. The theme music for this program is Turning of the World, performed by Sarah Thompson. This Spirit in Action program is an effort of Northern Spirit Radio. You can listen to our programs and find links and information about us and our guests on our website, northernspiritradio.org. Thank you for listening. I am your host, Mark Helpsmeet, and I welcome your comments and stories of those leading lives of spiritual fruit. May you find deep roots to support you and grow steadily toward the light. This is Spirit in Action. With every voice, with every song, we will move this world. And our lives will feel the echo of our healing.